Hi, everyone. Dave Stahoviak here, host of the Coaching for Leaders podcast, here with the fourth lesson in this audio course on how to enhance your credibility. This is not a typical episode. That is coming on Monday. If you're just picking up the podcast here for the first time, welcome. You might want to hop back and start with the first lesson in this audio course that aired just a few days ago. This is the fourth of five lessons in a special course I've been airing this week as applications are open for our Coaching for Leaders Academy through Friday, March 19th. You can discover more and apply for the Academy by going over to coachingforleaders.com academy. This audio course will vanish off the public directory here once the applications close on Friday, March 19th. But if you want to have permanent access to this course, just go over into the free membership at coachingforleaders.com and select the button that says Courses. And if you don't already have access, very easy to get it set up. Just go over to coachingforleaders.com and you'll get permanent access to this course by setting up your free membership, plus all the other audio courses there and all the other benefits of the free membership portal. For a long time, finding good photos from past family trips and events was kind of a manual process. While I go through every so often to favorite the best recent photos, they wouldn't often resurface for me unless I went specifically looking for them. So my great photos from the Klamath River from a few years ago are all there, sure, but unless I went into the folder for them or paged back into my photos for that year, I wouldn't see them come up regularly. Then Apple did something pretty cool. They added a photos widget on iOS that you can place on the home screen of an iPhone. So I activated the widget, and now, a couple of times a day, it automatically surfaces a new photo that I can see when I pick up my phone. It's crazy good at not only highlighting past favorited photos, but often it'll even pull in photos that I didn't actually favorite, but are still super great interesting photos. I don't even recall seeing a bad photo, even though that's probably the majority of the ones in my library. If you have an iPhone and use the Photos app, I'd encourage you to turn on the widget and just watch what surfaces for a few days. It's really one of the best innovations on mobile software in the recent past. And the reason I like it so much is that I actually get a return regularly from the work I did capturing and curating the photos originally. After all, Not a lot of point to taking great photos and favoriting them if they just are going to live in a digital folder somewhere that I never get to see. That's why in this lesson, I'm encouraging you to create a system or systems for resurfacing ideas that are relevant to you so you can make them useful for credibility. Just like photos aren't really valuable if you never get to see them, ideas aren't that valuable if they aren't accessible to you when you need them. So that book you read cover to cover and took amazing highlights on and notes five years ago isn't necessarily going to serve you well unless there's some way that your system brings those ideas back to you at the right time. There's a key distinction here between sequence and relevance. Without a good system, many of us tend to recall ideas that are most recent, but not necessarily most relevant. You probably know someone who, every time they show up for a meeting, is framing all of their ideas around the current book they're reading or the last person they just spoke with. To some extent, we all make this thinking error. I know I do. It's the nature of our memories that we're more likely to recognize and recall more recent events and ideas. 
I catch myself, for example, referencing recent episodes of this podcast more often than episodes from long ago. So that's why I've generally built my idea systems around relevance and not sequence. Because when it comes to surfacing the best ideas, I want to get ideas onto my radar screen that are the best ones for the situation. I mentioned in the last episode that I use a service called Raindrop for curating links that I find online. What I didn't go into as much detail on is that I tag every one of those items in specific areas. So when I write the weekly guide and use some of those relevant links, I generally add two to five tags or so for each entry in Raindrop. For example, I have a tag for meetings. So anytime I find a good article that makes it into my Raindrop library that has something to do with meetings, I just add the little hashtag meetings tag to it. And so that way I can easily resurface it. The next time I need a good resource for meetings or someone asks me for a good article on meetings or resource or anything else. I've gone a step further to make this available to others too. So when you log into the free membership, at coachingforleaders.com and click on Dave's library, the entire database is available to you. That's the one that's built on Raindrop. So you can see how it works and do that as well when you're in there. Just search for the little pound sign meetings hashtag and it'll automatically pull everything I've ever databased on meetings. And there's lots of other tags too. That's how I surface things quickly that have been useful to me that come from other sources. Now, I also use a similar system for all the podcast episodes I've aired over the years. If you have a free membership set up uh, and you go over to coachingforleaders.com slash podcast, you can search episodes by topic instead of just seeing them in sequence, as I mention on the show often. Everybody already gets sequence on all the podcast apps. So I don't think it's actually that valuable for us to build the website around sequence. Instead, we've databased it by topic. People tell me all the time that they really appreciate the cross-references that I make at the end of episodes to other related episodes. And some people ask me, how do I keep all that in my head? Well, I don't keep it all in my head. I use the episode library on my own website more than anyone else does probably. So whenever I'm recording the last part of an episode, I almost always search the database on the website for similar topics, and the system resurfaces what's relevant. So then I can decide what I want to include. Uh, Funny story on this, actually. A while back, we were doing a big upgrade to the website, and we were having some kind of issue, which I've long since forgotten. But at one point, the tech folks thought it was possible that some server was pinging the site excessively. So we started looking at all the recent traffic and They came back to me concerned that a single IP address was accessing the website a lot over a period of weeks. And they wanted to look into it, make sure it wasn't an attack or something. So we uh, traced the IP address. (laughs) Turns out it was me. I had been accessing the site so much using my own library to find things that it actually triggered a security issue. Ridiculous, huh? So you can't blame me for not using my own website. Anyway... There are a lot more ways I use systems to resurface what's relevant. One service you may have heard me mention on the show previously is Readwise. It's a cool service that syncs up with your highlights and notes from a lot of other sources. And one of those sources that it can sync with is Amazon Kindle Highlights. 
So you heard me mention in a prior lesson that that's where I capture often the ideas from books is highlighting. So I've synced up my Amazon account with them, and it automatically pulls in all the books I've ever read on Kindle and resurfaces highlights to me automatically each day. I've got it set to send me an email once a day with highlights from five different books at random. So I'm still getting presented with valuable ideas that I captured in the past. And there's all kinds of other things you can do with Readwise to really make past highlights and notes work powerfully for you. And finally, I've been building a new database of electronic notes over the past year that captures ideas I have ongoing and gets them into a system that I can access easily when I want to. For example, the other day I had a conversation with an Academy member about how to handle tough questions after a presentation. And I got to thinking after the meeting that the model I shared with her would really be relevant to others as well. So I opened up drafts. Uh, that capture app that I talked about in prior lessons, and just jotted down a quick note about it. And later, when I processed that draft, I cleared it out and entered it into my notes database. When I did, I tagged it in my notes database with hashtag presentations, hashtag meetings, and hashtag journal idea, since I realized that it would be a good topic for one of my episodes on the Dave's Journal podcast. That way, the next time I'm working on an episode of the journal, I can just run a quick search for that journal idea tag and all the ideas that are there that I've previously curated, they're right there in the list and ready to go into production. For my electronic notes, I use a fairly new app called Obsidian that's gotten a lot of traction recently. And unlike drafts, it's available for both Mac and PC, and it's worth a look if you want to do a better job of capturing and curating electronic notes. I should mention here that some people do all of this with analog systems, highlighting on books physically, writing notes in a journal, or keeping a filing system for this. Whatever works for you is great. It's not about the technology, it's about the intention in the system. I don't have anything against analog systems. I just use digital for everything because it makes it easier for me to capture and curate and then resurface things through software and systems versus hunting around with physical stuff. But there's absolutely great ways to do this analog as well. The key is capturing, curating, and being able to resurface it in some way, just as I've outlined in these past few lessons. Having this set up well means that when you need an idea, you can surface something relatively quickly. And that's huge because I want to spend my time doing something relevant with ideas for clients and enhancing credibility versus spending lots of time and energy trying to track down ideas and resources. And that's a good lead-in to the next and final lesson, sharing useful ideas with others. As I hope you're hearing in this course, none of this is especially complicated in and of itself. The overall approach and systems are hopefully straightforward. The key is getting started and getting traction. That's where a group of peer leaders can really help and one of the key reasons from day one that our academy has been all about bringing a group of peers together to help each other move forward. If that's a fit for you too, I invite you to consider applying for the academy. Applications are open now and you can discover more and apply by Friday, March 19th by going to coachingforleaders.com academy. 
And if you want access to this audio course permanently, simply go to coachingforleaders.com to set up your free membership. In the final lesson, how all of this comes together to create credibility for you.